Round 10 of the NRL season is in the books. Our Monday morning rugby league analyst is Chief Rugby League Writer for the Sydney Morning Herald and the Sun Herald, Adrian Prozenko. Morning, Adrian. Good morning. The Warriors, they've gone back-to-back, 30-10 to 10 over the Panthers. Is there a top eight side in there somewhere at, uh, at Warriors HQ? Oh, settle down, settle down. We'll have to uh, see how they're going against a team that's going a little bit better than the Panthers, who are, of course, in outright last and have only won two games. But you can only play what's in front of you. And um, I thought it was really impressive. Um, You know, we saw Cody Nikarima score a wonderful try, which had shades of Sean Johnson. I thought, you know, um, some of the footwork he showed against the tiring defence Um, But probably more pleasing for Stephen Kearney is what they did in defence. There were several opportunities there for the Panthers to score. They seemed camped in the opposition 20, but they just couldn't get through. And, I I mean, that was a bit of a combination of ineptness from um, the the Panthers' attacking uh, side and also uh, some terrific, resilient goal-line defence from the Warriors as well. But I I thought if there was one play that, that summed up the difference between the two teams, it was that Ignatius Parsi try. It was an absolute cracker. He had a wall of defenders in front of him, and he just wanted to get to the trial line more than the Panthers wanted to stop him. So some good signs from the Warriors. Uh, but, you know, in terms of top eight, eight spots and the like, we'll, um, we'll get a better indication of where they are when they play a better team, such as the Broncos next weekend. Indeed, that'll be a good indicator. What are we going to do about the Panthers? How poor are they at the moment? The, the, the interesting thing there is you have a look at the competition ladder, and you see who's on top. Rabbitohs are outright first. And you just think, they could have had Wayne Bennett. Gus put him on a platter for them. But instead, they went for Ivan Cleary for five years. And they've only got four and a half more to go. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what's going on there. You couldn't possibly pick, um, you know, Maloney or Cleary for New South Wales in their current form. So I don't know if it gets any better for them. They play Parramatta at Bankwest. So long year for Panthers fans. The the whole you know four and a half year to go for the five year contract uh, the Clearies are just under the spotlight more and more aren't they uh, can you can you see I mean could Ivan Cleary go if they lose a couple more Adrian could he go I think they are well and truly invested with the Cleary family I think they've outlaid something along the lines of ten million dollars to retain Nathan and Ivan so um, I can't see them sacking him again I mean this is a this is um, Pay, pay out paradise, really, going to the Panthers. They've paid out Gus School. They've paid out uh, Ivan Cleary the first time, time around, uh, Anthony Griffin. It's a payout-a-thon out there. So um, I just don't think commercially they can afford to do it again. They've made their bed. They're going to have to lie it. Ivan is going to have to find something to turn things around because uh, certainly I, I can't see them uh, getting rid of him, not in the short term anyway. Also on Friday night, uh, Suncorp Stadium, 28,000 packed in to watch the Broncos beat the Roosters 15-10. Good result for the Broncos. Did you see this one coming? It was, um, it was a good result for rugby league. I, I thought it wasn't just the game of the round. It was one of the best of the season. Um, no, to answer your question, no, I thought the Roosters would keep, uh, keep on their winning ways. And this is the first time they've lost um, after an eight-game winning streak. But really impressive from the Broncos. To be honest, this is what I was expecting from them from the outset. They've got an unbelievable team. Uh, we saw, you know, their young forward pack step up, particularly guys like Payne Haas, who's been mooted as an origin uh, contender. He was terrific. And I thought the interesting here was the guys that were most maligned for the Broncos, uh, Darius Boyd and Anthony Milford, they really stepped up and had good games. So a bit of spark with uh, Chico Sigiaro coming off the bench and, 
Um, yeah, where's this been all, all this time? It's obviously taken a little while to get used to uh, Seabold and, and his methods, but um, certainly this, they're starting to play to their potential now, the Brisbane Broncos. Yeah, sets up quite a nice clash coming up this uh, weekend at uh, at Mount Smart, Warriors v Broncos. Uh, let's look at the other games. Saturday, a uh, bit of a dance of the desperate. Bulldogs 22, Titans 16. Uh, then Cowboys 17, Eels 10. couple of tries in the last 15 minutes for the Cowboys. They needed this, didn't they? They probably deserved it as well after after having a few chances go uh, go begging in the first half. Yeah, they crossed the line three tries and on each occasion they were pulled up for obstruction. So I thought they were the better team. They had about 58% of possession. Parramatta are just very ordinary on the road. They're, they're terrific in the couple of games they've played at Bankwest Stadium and thankfully for their fans, they're back there again this weekend. But... They need to get better on the road because they're in danger of slipping out of the top eight now. And it was uh, Brad Arthur described it as dumb football. Like the you know, case in point was when um, George Jennings threw a hospital pass to Blake Ferguson uh, right near the end, and, and he dropped it. And, and from there, the uh, Cowboys went on and scored and won it. But um, yeah, they can't blame contract dramas anymore. Parramatta they've re-signed Brad Arthur, they've re-signed Clint Gutherson. They're pretty close to re-signing uh, Mitchell Moses. So. They need to show something, um, and, and hopefully uh, the Panthers will uh, play them back into form at, uh, at Bankwest. <laughs> Raiders 12, Rabbitohs 16. Uh, the Raiders had six wins in their first eight games, but they've lost to the Roosters and the Rabbitohs now in the space of a week, albeit by narrow margins. Is this maybe a sign, Adrian, that uh, the Raiders are you know, a top-four side, but maybe not a top-two side? Yeah, that's that's probably fair. I mean, I, I don't think they've lost any admirers over the last couple of uh, weekends. They've um, they've had a lot of injuries. Um, yeah, it's, they've had some dramas. That, you know, certainly in Magic Ground, they almost didn't get to the stadium because of um, delayed flights and the like. So, now they're they're a they're a good side, but um, Souths are just too good. And on the back of Cody Walker again, who um, is is looking a pretty good uh, shot for either a, a, a number fourteen jersey for. Brad Fittler or maybe even a, a number six or seven jersey uh, for, for the Blues. So, um, yeah, they, they're a good... They're, they're teams that, that may well play again, um, you know, come September. Yeah, are the Rabbitohs now favourites in your eyes, even ahead of the Roosters and the Storm? No, no, I don't think so. I, I think the Rabbitohs are actually... They're just doing enough. I don't even think that they've hit their straps, which, you know, from a... South Sydney point of view is 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 a good thing, but I, I still think that maybe uh, the Storm and the Roosters are a little bit in front of them. But um, yeah, certainly there's a big difference between the top four and um, sort of the, the last ten or eleven, twelve spots on the ladder. Um, I think, to be honest, at the moment, the the, the bottom ten are, are pretty ordinary and making up the numbers. So um, the, the cream's starting to rise to the top. Knights 45, Dragons 12 yesterday. That was uh, it. Uh, that was away for the Knights as well. Mitchell Pearce to the fore. Is he a guy back in the origin frame now, Mitchell Pearce? Yeah, I, I don't think he'll get picked. Um, but in terms of that result, well, I mean, I, I didn't see that coming. And you, you wonder why the Dragons, are, you know, absolutely just didn't come out of the box. And um, I, perhaps they were a little bit affected by the whole Jack DeBellin dramas. Um, you know, I was in the federal court on Friday to hear the verdict. I think that there was an expectation from the Dragons or at least a bit of optimism around the fact that they'd be welcoming him back to uh, their side. And obviously that didn't happen. Um, and you mentioned Mitchell Pearce. I think he's been one of the form players over the last month. Um, we spoke about him last weekend during Magic Round. He was terrific then and was uh, fantastic again yesterday. Um 
I don't think he's going to get picked. I think there's too many people in front of him. We mentioned guys like uh, Cody Walker. We've got Luke Curie and Adam Reynolds as well that are, are playing really good football. I think that they're more likely to be uh, chosen by Brad Fittler, but um, certainly he and Kalen Pong are a big reason why Newcastle have um, had a mini resurgence and have won four on the trot. What did you make of the uh, the federal court ruling around Jack DeBellin? Yeah, I, I was really fascinated by it because I, I sat there for um, all four days of the hearing and for someone who's not a court reporter, just to, you know, from a rugby league perspective to um, try to make sense of what was going on, um, I thought the NRL uh, made a very strong case and perhaps um, in hindsight, the Bellin's barrister and legal team were probably concentrating on areas that, um, that, that weren't as important as what they thought. Um, and, and having read the, um, the final submissions and um, also the judgments, it was a fairly convincing and overwhelming win. So I'd be very surprised if Jack DeBellin, um, given the financial costs of the exercise, would appeal the decision. I know that the Rugby League Players Association might do something in that space. They're um, upset that they feel that they weren't properly consulted before there were changes um, and that that constitutes a breach under the CBA. Um, but it looks like Jack DeBellin could be on the sidelines for as long as it takes for his criminal proceedings to be heard, which could be um, you know, 12, maybe even 18 months from now. Mm, that could be it, couldn't it? Oh, that's four straight losses now for the Dragons too, isn't it? Was that about as bad as they've played though this season? They've, they've, they've sort of They've been there or thereabouts in the losses they've had to the likes of uh, of the Roosters and, and I guess the Warriors, but they were pretty poor yesterday, weren't they? Yeah, I really agree. And it was interesting hearing uh, you know Paul Mary McGregor saying that it was time for changes and he might wield the axe. I don't think he's got much choice. That's as you as you mentioned, four losses on the trot. Um, they need to do something um, and, and do something desperately to try to get their season back on track because. They're now in 12th spot and in danger of uh, falling out of finals contention altogether. And final game of the round, Sea Eagles 24, Sharks 14. Um, they're missing a few players, aren't they? Including uh, not the small matter of Daly Cherry Evans and Tom Trebojevic, but all of a sudden uh, Manly are up to fifth. Unbelievable. They're actually in equal fourth spot. So, I, I mean, if we were to hand out the Daly of Coach of the Year medal right now, I, I think it'd go to Des Hasler. I, I think it's been an incredible performance given what you mentioned, that the quality of players on the sideline. I think he's got about $5 million worth of talent uh, unavailable at the moment. Um, yeah, absolutely unbe- unbelievable performance. I know that they got uh, Dylan Walker back, which was a mini boost. And it was interesting to see that uh, he got booed every time that uh, he touched the ball, um, even after he scored a try. Um, but it's their application in defence, which I think has been um, most impressive. And just the way Des is getting the most out of uh, those sort of fringe first graders, the, the sort of unheralded guys that are in that side. So terrific coaching performance from him. Uh, his players are certainly responding and um, looks like it could be a, an unexpected top eight spot for the Manly Seagulls. It'll be okay to hate them again, thank goodness. <laughs> oh, I love it, Adrian. Always great to get your wrap on a Monday morning. Have a great week. We'll uh, chat again next week. Thanks, Pine. Anytime.